Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Today's episode is sponsored by Chris and Renee Treblehorn in memory of their son, Aaron Elliott Treblehorn. Renee shares with us, Aaron, you would have been 24 years old this week. In another month, we hit the three-year mark since you left us and went to eternity with Jesus. Someone recently said, wow, I can't believe it's been three years. Well, I can. It's been three long, horrible, awful years of missing your sweet smile and the way you always tried to make everyone feel happy and welcome and part of whatever activity was going on. What would you be doing right now? Where would you be living, working? Would you be engaged, married? But I have to believe that everything is so much better where you are now and that I will get to see you, hug you, hold you and kiss you one day, hopefully sooner than later. Happy earthly birthday, my dear sweet boy. We all miss you and love you so very much. Love mom, dad, Blake, Gabriel, and Thalia. Thank you to Chris and Renee for sponsoring today's episode in loving memory of their son, Aaron. Today, we are going to talk about a tough topic because it has so many angles. But the thing is, as I was preparing for this, I realized that it affects every single one of us who has lost a child or multiple children. There is not a single one of us that is not affected in the area of grandchildren with the death of our child. And that's crazy to me. And it's crazy that I just now realized this after... how long I've been doing this. Let me run through the scenarios of why I say that. Some of you are in the place of you will never have grandchildren because your only child or children did not have any children of their own before they died. Some of you will never know what it's like to watch your child, that child, be a parent and have grandchildren through them. Some of you are not allowed to see your grandchildren after your child died. Now, that's one that I have personal experience with. For some of you, I just, I can't imagine this, but I know you talk to me, so I know you're there, but your grandchildren were killed along with your child. For some of you, you are raising your grandchildren, and some of you are watching your grandchildren struggle, maybe even being suicidal as they deal with the death of their parent. So this really affects every single one of us. And to be honest, I've been asked to talk about this for a while now, and my thought was, I really have nothing to say because I can't fix this. There's nothing I can do except to say you're not alone. So I I have not talked about this, but I keep getting emails on this topic And so I thought I would just put together a quick little episode on this. But like I said, as I started putting this together, I realized 
what a huge topic this is and how it really does affect every single one of us. And so this went from being maybe like a 10, 15 minute little something to this is going to be two parts because there is so much to it. Like I said, I can't fix anything. I can't fix any of this. But I do hope and pray that you will at least know that you are not alone, whatever your situation is with this topic of grandchildren. Now, I did ask a couple of moms to join me to share their experience with a couple of these issues, especially ones that I don't deal with. I don't have answers for you. Not that any of us do, right? We're going to hear from one of those moms next week. But this week, we're going to hear from my friend, Sarah Nelson, who has been on here with me before. She is a mom who lost her only child, and I won't say she's been through this with not having grandchildren, but she goes through this because this is part of the rest of our journey, just like the death of our child. There are triggers and things that kind of take us back to the painful moments and the painful issues that we deal with. And so this is an ongoing struggle of knowing that she will not be a grandma. So let's go ahead and play our discussion that we had about this. Well, I have Sarah Nelson with me and welcome back to my friend, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. And even though you and I have become good friends, I consider you one of my best friends mm -hmm. and yes. I have a hard time. I'm going to cry already. <laughs> I have a hard time talking to you about this topic because my heart hurts for you. And I'm not someone who has this extra layer. So even being a perever, there are some topics that I feel like I need to tiptoe around with other perevers because I don't know what it's like. And I don't want to add to anyone's pain that I know they're already dealing with because, you know, obviously I have the blessing of other children and I have several grandchildren, including Becca's daughter. So Sarah, thank you so much for being willing to talk with me about this for the other listeners to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on again. Um, and I appreciate what you just said, because uh, I know that we all try to be sensitive to other people's pain. And even with me, when I'm working with people, I know uh, sometimes I say something that appears insensitive. I, I don't mean to be, but it's because I haven't walked their path right. and I don't know what they're going through. And we always have to keep that in mind. We don't know what that person's going through. Right. It's, right. It may be different than our path. Mm -hmm. So I want to, for those who, uh, who have not met you before here on the podcast, would you just share Jeanette with us before we dig into this topic? Yes, my daughter uh, is my only child, Jeanette, and uh, she is forever 36. She died suddenly and unexpectedly from a massive heart attack in 2014. We didn't even know there was a heart problem, so it was just totally out of the blue. And we had had a very close relationship, uh, so it was like losing not just my daughter, but my best friend as well. Um, and in, in many ways in many good ways, my life revolved around her. So her absence is enormous to me. So Sarah, you and I have talked about this a little bit in just our times together. Did it take you a while when Jeanette passed? Did it take you a while to realize that you wouldn't have grandchildren, that this was something that would never be in your life? Now, I know she was older, 
but that still didn't mean that you wouldn't become a grandparent. You know, how did this affect you? When did you realize that? I was going to say, was that kind of a path that you were already on because she was older? Yes, kind of, because she was married. She'd been married for about five years or so. um, and, And they had thought that they wouldn't have children. So that was kind of in the picture anyway. Maybe I won't have grandchildren, but I kept that hope. Oh, sure. That she would. Um, that they'd change their mind or that circumstances would change or whatever, and that we would have grandchildren. And then, of course, when she's when she's gone, then that's the end of that. So I think I came to terms with it slowly. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't all at once. It was just uh, after she was gone. It was just a, obviously I knew that that was part of the picture, but uh, over time, was when I realized how that would affect me. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes deep, sometimes less, but definitely an effect. <laughs> so how have you been able to deal with that? I think it's uh, about keeping keeping it in perspective. For me, it's about, I was going to say this earlier, it's similar to losing an only child when that first happened. I thought that was the worst thing that could happen to a person mm-hmm. is losing your only child. And still, until I started hearing other people's stories mm. and realizing that there are people who have much more heartbreaking stories than mine and just developing a sensitivity toward that. And with this subject, It's realizing that there are people that have much more heartbreaking stories with grandchildren, not having grandchildren, not being able to see grandchildren, watching grandchildren go through difficult things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just try and keep in perspective the fact that my situation is not the worst that there could be. Mm. That's an interesting way to think about it because, and I think in the beginning, we do feel that way, that Mm -hmm. nothing could be worse than this. Nobody's going through anything worse than what I'm going through. And it it is, you already said, it's a process. It's a time thing Mm -hmm. where it's almost, I don't want to say you have to convince yourself, but you have to, I guess, open yourself to reality maybe Mm -hmm. in that there are people who are in situations as (laughs) crazy as it sounds that are worse than what I have gone through. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't negate our pain. That doesn't mean that, well, then I shouldn't feel sad. I shouldn't feel this pain at all. Right. You're just saying that's one thing that has helped you be able to, when those really deep triggers, because I'm sure there are triggers for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah that can really suck you back down under with this whole grandchild issue. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is people posting on Facebook, their, their grandchildren and their pictures of holding a newborn baby, maybe great grandchild too. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, just knowing that I'm not going to be able to have that. And, um, and it doesn't diminish their joy. I don't want to take anything away from that. Right. It's not that I'm jealous or envious. Uh, It's just one of those things where I have to. It's almost like you have to grieve it again. Yeah. That, that I'm not going to have that experience. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, what can you say? There's really, you can't fix it. You can't change it. So it's a matter of learning how to accept it and to find things that are still good in your life, find things right. that are still blessings, things that you can still do that you do still have. And, and I've thought about things that I could do. Now, I'm going to say some things that I haven't done, but I've considered them. Okay. Um, for example, being a foster parent. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm called to that. I really don't see myself doing that. But there's a place for that for some people yes. um, or a similar thing. This was something I thought about just lately. Um, there was a, a post on, on Facebook for local people looking for um, a home for foreign exchange students. Ah, okay. And that actually kind of appeals to me. We're not there right now where we could do that, but uh, I'm thinking maybe, maybe sometime we might want to have a, uh, an exchange student. And I know that um, it varies. People's experiences vary, mm -hmm. but some people get very close to that yes. exchange student for, you know, for, mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives. Yes. And you I know, know, when you say that, I, I just want to, while I'm thinking about this, when you said that it reminded me, my mom supported a young girl from like one of those compassionate international mm -hmm. things. Right. And my mom actually helped put her through college and mm -hmm. she, she like considers my mom a second mom and yes. my mom just spent time with this woman's son mm -hmm. <laughs> um, who was uh -huh. in the States doing some, I think it was training for a doctor or something, but it has been almost like a, another daughter to her. Mm -hmm. And it's like right. her children have become my mom's grandchildren. I mean, they all know each other, they communicate mm -hmm. together, you know, that kind of a thing. And it doesn't replace your own flesh and blood. Right but it can help. It can help. Right. Exactly. So exactly. There are things you can do, which I haven't, but <laughs> uh, I know there are things out there that can help fill that void. It's not going to fill it, mm -hmm. but it could help. <laughs> right. And, and that's interesting because I, I think when you said that, you know, there are a lot of things I could do that I haven't, and to me, Sarah, I see that because you have come to a place where you're okay with that. You don't have a need to find a way to fill that or replace that. You have been able to come to a point where, yes, it hurts. And yes, there are times that, you know, I can feel really discouraged and maybe even depressed about it. But as a whole, I've learned how to live a life of meaning and purpose again without Jeanette here being on earth with me and knowing that I'm not going to have grandchildren and that part of me is not going to be fulfilled. You know, and that doesn't mean that everyone, you know, like, I, like you already said, it's going to be different for all of us. Right. Some are going to have a need to find a way to be able to pour out that love in a way that's like a, a grandparent kind of love <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yes. you know, really pray through what can I do? You know, maybe it's volunteering at a boys and girls club. And like you said, there are so many things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and so keeping things in perspective, realizing you're not the only person with heartbreak in your life. And then, if you need to find a way to fill that void and uh, understanding that it's not going to be filled, you're always going to long for that 
your yes. own flesh and blood grandchild, mm-hmm. but there are, there's plenty of ways to love children mm-hmm. uh, without it being your flesh and blood. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's just coming to me. Maybe it's like adoption. Mm-hmm. They adopt a child as if you're flesh and blood, but you come to love them as if they are. Oh, yeah. And I believe there's a miraculous something that happens with adoption be- because we're adopted. I mean, God sees adoption as you become family. I mean, he sees that mm-hmm. as, and so, and, and I know so many parents who have adopted and parents who have adopted their child and then that child has died. And that pain is every bit as real because God does something, an intertwining that is like mm-hmm. it is your child. And so, yeah, I think you probably have already given a final thought. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. kind of wrapped that up with a bow really well, but was there anything else that you thought of that you wanted to share on this? No, I think, I think we've covered it as far as what I can share mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and, and I know that there's many people out there in, in different circumstances not being able to have grandchildren and yeah, just understanding that we all have our different kinds of heartbreak and being sensitive to that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Sarah, you have written a book, Footsteps of Hope, and it's, it's a good book. I recommend it. And it is like, it's mile posts, sign, you know, mm-hmm. things it's, it's for bereaved parents. Yes. And I know you're working on something that's more generic, not specifically for parents, but right now that one is for bereaved parents. So how can people connect with you if they, you know, have this issue of not having grandchildren and maybe they want to connect with you, someone who can relate to that? How can they do that? And where can they find your book? My book is the easiest way to find it is on Amazon, but it's also on other sites too, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. I think I saw it on Walmart. Uh-huh, probably. Uh, I think it's there <laughs> mm-hmm. too. Um, so there's various, not in the store, but uh, mm-hmm. online. You can order it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then to connect with me, you can put my email address. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll say <laughs> goodbye for now. <laughs> and uh, you and I will be in touch. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. Like I already said, talking about this doesn't fix it, but at least, like I said also, you know that you're not alone and that you can get to a point where it doesn't feel like an all-consuming loss along with the loss of your child. For those who may have other children, but you will not get to watch your child be a parent or give you grandchildren to love on through that child, I am so sorry. Having other grandchildren, I know it does not take away from the pain of this. And I just want to acknowledge this and say, I am so very sorry. I know it isn't the same, but I do have a daughter, Becca's only sister, who's in her late 30s, and she has no plans to get married at this point or have any children. So in that sense, I do have a bit of my own grieving to do occasionally in this area that I do have a daughter that... You know, I'm not going to see her grandchildren know what that will be like, but obviously I still have that daughter, so it's not the same, but I can relate to it in just a small way of what that's like. Let's go ahead and talk about those of us now who have grandchildren that were taken away from us after our child died. Unfortunately, this is way too common. Let me read one of several emails I have received recently about this. 
She says, I kind of have an additional layer of loss and grief that I would like to hear your thoughts on. My daughter was taken in May by a drunk driver. She was in the middle of a divorce, so she and her baby had been living with us for a few months. The night she died, the father took the baby out of our home. We are seeing the baby now and then, but not regularly. The relationship with the father has been fairly cordial, but still very tense. We've gone from seeing the baby almost every day since he was born to being bystanders in his life. We've not only lost our daughter, but we also feel like we have lost our grandson. Now, like I said, I hear from a lot of parents on this very specific thing by email and in person. As a matter of fact, I talked to someone just a couple of nights ago about this very thing, that they have been completely cut off from their grandchildren. And I don't say this in a mean way, but this mom is actually blessed that at this point she still gets to see the grandchild once in a while. It doesn't take away the pain from that of, well, I don't even have to explain to you, right? We're all in a different place and we all have different areas and I'm not taking away from her pain at all. I'm just saying that there are some of us where that grandchild or grandchildren are completely and totally removed from our lives and I'm sure that that's a fear that this mom has that this is this is coming, this is something that's going to happen and with this child being a baby, will they even know we exist? Will they ever want to find us? Will we ever get to see our grandchildren? That is something that a lot of us struggle with. Let me just share with you what happened in our situation. Many of you know Becca's story about her heart issues, and my son-in-law, Nick, and I were very close. As a matter of fact, there were times he would lean on our family more than his own family with his own personal situations. We were very close. We shared hotel rooms together when Becca was in Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. I mean, we were just really, really close we went on motorcycle rides together. He had a Harley and I had a little 250cc. It, we just had a fun, close relationship. And when Becca died, I would pick up our granddaughter Callie from school once a week and she would come over and he then he would come over for supper and we saw each other beyond that. But that was just like a weekly time that we just absolutely knew we would be together, that we planned on. And one day I got an email saying, we're done, we need to move on, we don't want anything to do with you, just go on with your lives. And I, we were just, I, we had no clue what was going on. And come to find out through the grapevine, because uh, he doesn't talk to people directly, that apparently on the way home that night, and he had been having problems with her before that, but that specific Wednesday night he had taken her home and she told him, you're a bad dad. Now she had just turned nine She'd lost her mom. He got rid of the dog. He moved them out of their house and moved back in with his parents in their basement. Her entire life had been uprooted. And how does a nine-year-old, Andy had started dating almost immediately. So how does a nine-year-old deal with that verbally? When she was at our house, at least things felt normal. And so instead of turning his truck around and saying, we are going to talk about this, he decided that we were feeding her that information. His thought was, why else would she think that? And my thought was, why in the world would I even remotely say anything like that? Because she needs you. I, I, it's He pulled out of our lives. We were not allowed to see her. 
Her birthday went by. We had presents. He said, no, you can't see her to give her those presents. And so we actually sent the presents through a mutual friend at the church they were going to. Well, then he hit the roof because, you know, I said no presents. And it's like, well, that's not what you said. You said we couldn't see her to give her the presents. And anyway, it was just a mess. It was a mess. And I mean, they lived in the same town and he wouldn't talk to us and we didn't get to see her. And it was very painful. And like this one letter said, I feel we felt like we lost our granddaughter along with our daughter, and we did not understand this. And he got remarried the summer, the following summer after Becca died, and it was really, really hard. And eventually, we found out that in Wisconsin, now you have to check state laws, and I know not everybody feels directed to go this way, but in Wisconsin, this is so common that there is actually a law that grandparents can take that adult to court to see their grandchildren. If you had a relationship with that grandchild before the death of your child, you can actually take them to court and have grandparent rights to see your grandchild again. We ended up getting to the point where we did send a a letter saying that we did not want to do this. We wanted to handle this scripturally. We were willing to talk with him about whatever was going on. We would talk with him with a pastor of his choice as kind of a mediator. And if he did not respond by a certain date, then we would be hiring a lawyer and putting this into effect and and going after our grandparents' rights. Well, he did, like, on the day of the deadline, just send us a text of the name of the church and the time. And eventually we did work through things, and we were able to see our granddaughter again. She is now 20 years old. She moved to Tennessee, but she's going to be moving back to Wisconsin. We're all very happy to hear that because we miss her. And I did not have to go through that very long. It was like a year and a half for us, but it was torture. And I cannot imagine some of you parents, I know you've been going through this for years on end and your grandchildren were young and they barely remember you, if at all. And there may be an occasional contact once in a great while or none at all. And I am just, I'm so, so sorry I I don't have an answer for this either, and I even feel bad talking about it because we got Callie back in our lives so quickly, and for some of you, it's been so long. All I can say is that even with Callie, for many years, she wasn't interested in knowing much about or talking much about her mom, but she is finally starting to ask questions and referring to her. And once in a while, we'll see something about how much it hurts that her mom isn't in her life. And so we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. I just recently found out that she blamed herself. She blames herself for her mom's death. As crazy as that sounds, what a horrible burden to carry around. It's like no wonder she struggles with not wanting to go to that part of her past. I I just, I can't imagine how torn she must feel. And so we've tried to put that at rest in her. But I'm, I'm just saying there are so many layers and so many situations individually, but it's common. I, I hate to say that, but it's common. So you're not alone. You're not the only one dealing with this. Grandchildren are one of life's greatest blessings. And not only have we been robbed here on earth of our child through death, but most of us have been robbed in some way of our grandchildren, which adds another layer onto our grief. And it makes me realize even more 
of the fact that the death of our child is truly a trauma. We are dealing with traumatic grief, but that doesn't mean that our life can never be good again. It's going to look different, and we're always going to have moments where we grieve and we feel the deep sorrow and the pain of our earthly losses. And in this, I'm talking about our children and our grandchildren, whether it's a loss of a grandchild, grandchildren you never got to have, grandchildren that are now gone, grandchildren that we're not allowed to see have been taken away from us physically and emotionally, whatever the situation is, it's it's a double loss for us. It's more than just the loss of our children, the loss of, of our grandchildren of seeing the, the deep, deep struggles, how we know they're a different person now from before their parent, our child, died. But we also need to remind ourselves that this here is not final. There is a day coming when God makes the wrong things right again. We will be with our children, and we will have an eternity with our grandchildren. Our family reunions here on earth are now very bittersweet, but our family reunions in heaven will be wonderful and glorious. And when we get hit hard with whatever situation we are in, as far as our grandchildren, yes, grieve and lean into the bitterness of your losses. But then let's do our best to also lean into the sweet, focusing our thoughts on the future reunion of what is yet to come and how wonderful that is going to be. Many of you already know, so this is probably a reminder, but some of you may not know, that August we are running a special. When you purchase the Reflections of Hope book, which is a daily reading for bereaved parents, when you go to our online store and purchase that book, you can get the book My Grief Journey for free as a free gift. We want to give that to anyone who orders Reflections of Hope through our online web store. Now, My Grief Journey, it's a coloring book and a journal, and I know some of you, well, I don't color and I don't journal, <laughs> all right? But there's, it's more to it than that. There are 40-some words. Every page is a different word that we deal with in our grief journey. And so there's also a writing about that word, something that I feel like God has given me to say about that word, along with a scripture verse that encourages us with that word, like fear or hope or heaven or time, family, anxious, anger, all these words that we deal with after the death of our child. And so there is a journaling prompt there, like the word fear. It says, my greatest fear is, because we have all kinds of new fears now, don't we? So it just helps you get started on writing something, because we do know, we hear a lot that journaling helps, and it really does, but we just don't know what to write. So this can help you with prompts, and it has a reading, just a short little reading. If there is something that you're struggling with, find that word in the book and just read it and, and just let it help you, give you a word of encouragement or hope there. So anyway, the special is when you purchase the Reflections of Hope book, we want to give you the My Grief Journey book for free. So you go to our online store, gpshope.org store, put both of those books in your cart, and then use the promo code or the coupon code MGJ 
free. That stands for My Grief Journey, MGJ Free. Put that in the coupon promo area box there and we, it will deduct the price of the My Grief Journey book and we'll send them both out to you just for the price of the Reflections of Hope book. I do want to mention, I know we had a lot of problems with the Reflections of Hope being on Amazon and they didn't sell it and a lot of you got your money back and had to get it somewhere else and it is back on there now. But now the issue is there are only three reviews for this book. And I know more than three of you have bought this book. I have gotten so many of you emailing me or messaging me about how much you love having this book. As a matter of fact, I got a message just this morning saying, thank you so much for what I read in the Reflections of Hope book today. Last night, someone said this to me and I was bothered by it and it, it flustered me. And today, what I read in the Reflections of Hope book for today's reading was exactly what I needed to hear to help me with what someone said to me last night. So I know there's so much good feedback. And if you would go to Amazon and rate it and just spend 60, 90 seconds, write a review, that does several things. First of all, it will bring it up when people are searching for help along this line. When there, The more reviews there are, the more Amazon sees that as, oh, people like this book. Maybe we should suggest this book to others, which is helpful. That's a way you can be a grieving parent sharing hope. You can pay it forward in that way. And also, you know, whenever you go to buy a book or something, you always look at the reviews to see what kind of a rating it has. People having problems with it? Do they like it? Do they not like it? And so the more reviews that are out there, the more parents will say, this sounds like a really good book. And there are a lot of parents that are being helped by this. I think I'm going to get this book. I need this book. So if you would do that, I would really be thankful. And I'm going to say thank you for the parents who will get this book because you recommend it on Amazon with your rating and your review. Let's go ahead and go on to this week's birthday segment. Hizkia Ari Tonung was born on August 14th and is forever 20. Callan Letcher was born on August 15th and he is forever 17. Aaron Treblehorn was born on August 16th and is forever 21. Jeremy Bornemir was born on August 16th and is forever 32. Jaden Phillips was born on August 17th and she is forever 18. We celebrate the day these children came into the world. We know it will always be a day that is worth celebrating. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that for you and share your child with the other listeners. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that information, including the correct pronunciation of their first name or last name, if it is sometimes mispronounced, because I do want to say your child's name correctly, and I will announce them the week of his or her birthday. And Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen that week. I do want to say thank you again to Chris and Renee for sponsoring today's episode in honor of their son, Aaron. 
If you would like to sponsor a podcast episode, it's only a $50 donation to the Ministry of GPS Hope, and you get to choose the week that you want to sponsor, and I will read what you write, what you want people to know about your child. Just go to gpshope.org and go to the Donate tab. You'll see a tab in the drop-down menu that you can click on to be able to sponsor a podcast episode. And all the links I have mentioned today will also be in the show notes. I am going to close by repeating what I said earlier. There is a day coming when God will make all of the wrong things right again. We will be with our children and we will have an eternity with our families, our children, our grandchildren. Our family reunions here on earth are now very bittersweet, but our family reunions in heaven will be wonderful and glorious. And when we get hit hard with whatever situation we are in, as far as grandchildren go, yes, grieve and lean into the bitterness of your loss. But then let's do our best to lean into the sweet, focusing our thoughts on the future reunion of what is yet to come and how wonderful that will be. So until then, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.